Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning, and I'm glad to see you all here. I extend a special welcome to those of you visiting with us this morning. We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in every person. And so the way we greet the divine on a Sunday morning is by turning to the person to your right and left and welcoming them here this morning. Let us say together the words by which we light our chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. The call to worship is by Theodore Parker. I do not pretend to understand the moral universe. The ark is a long one. My eye reaches but little ways. I cannot calculate the curve and complete the figure by the experience of sight. I can divine it by conscience, and from what I see, I am sure it bends toward justice. Sometimes you just stop in the middle of your life and you go, what am I doing? At that point, it's always good to have a mission statement to look at and go, oh yeah. This is what we're doing here. We say it together every Sunday as we have for the last seven years. The board heard conversations with the congregation and then met at a retreat, tried to gather all the input into changing the church goals and tweaking the mission statement. Um, They're going to have conversations about that at noon in room 13, if you care to go join them for that. Um, But for now, we will say this precious mission together. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. The meditation reading is by Leonard Cohen. The birds, they sang at the break of day. Start again, I heard them say. Don't dwell on what has passed away or what is yet to be. Ah, the wars, they will be fought again. The holy dove, she will be caught again. Bought and sold and bought again. The dove is never free. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. Now is the time in our service when we enter into an attitude of meditation and prayer to speak to God as we understand God or to listen to our inner wisdom or just to follow our breath as it comes in and out of our bodies. As we enter the silence together, may we find that still place that every wisdom in the world says is the place where clarity and compassion come from. May we 
feel ourselves held in the arms of love. Let us enter into the silence together, understanding that in this congregation, the small noises of children and the noises of life count as part of the silence.
I come from a southern, ancient southern family with lots and lots and lots and lots of ministers in it. One in every generation, at least. And I'm fairly certain that as stories are told in the future about the ministers in the family, I will be not mentioned. (laughs) The denomination to which they belong is a conservative one, and they do not believe in women ministers. So when one shows up, they politely ignore her. It is the way of my people. If there is something that is uncomfortable or makes you have to think about the way you've been doing things or uh, something that mm, jangles in your mind and heart and upsets the smooth narrative of how everything is lovely and always has been, it is ignored. I remember at a family reunion where... At our family reunions, there are always 80 people at least for Thanksgiving dinner, for example. And um, we always take a family photo. So we're outside, um, and my uncle's up on a ladder trying to get everybody into the frame. And he says, let's have a prayer. Let's see, who's a minister who's here today? And um, this guy named... This cousin of mine goes like this, and they go, "Yeah, Mark. He's the. He wasn't even out of seminary yet, my friends. Um, <laughs> sorry, not bitter. <laughs> yes, I guess he's the only minister here today. My cousin sitting, standing behind me, goes, "Meg's a minister, but in a soft, sideways voice." And me, I was biting my tongue really, really, really hard to keep from crying. So, you know, in a way, I was participating in my own oppression by not speaking up. But that is how we do things in the family. I was young. I was in my 30s. I'd been a minister for 10 years. Um, That is a scar in me, and that is a crack in my family When they tell the stories of the ministers in the family, if they leave me out, it will not be a true story, but it will be a more comfortable story. See what I'm saying? Um, I think about kintsugi, the way of repairing a broken bowl that originated in Japan. Um... When a dish or a plate is broken, one of the things you can do with it is kintsugi, which means you mix glue with gold and you paint the cracks and put the bowl back together. And so like the bowl on the front of your order of service, it has a beautiful golden couple of streaks through it instead of the way we do in my family, which is trying to repair your cracks invisibly so that you look like you never had a crack in your life. The origin story of Kintsugi goes like this. There was a great ruler who invited a famous monk to a great dinner. 
And the great ruler had the most beautiful tea bowl in the world. It was fine, fine, fine porcelain. Beautiful proportions. And it was made to be admired. But the monk spent the whole dinner looking out the window at this branch that was waving and commenting on how beautiful the branch was, which frustrated the ruler so that he knocked the bowl to the floor after the monk had gone. Stupid bowl. You didn't do what I wanted you to do, which was impress that monk. Some stupid branch impressed the monk. Then he felt better about it, thought better of it, and um, sent it to to China to be repaired. Now, this is one of those Japan-China kind of stories. So he sent it to China to be repaired, but it came back with these ugly metal staples in it. And so he gave it to his artisans and said, please find a beautiful way to repair this bowl. And so they mixed the glue with gold and repaired the bowl with gold streaks in it now where the cracks were. The monk came back again to another dinner and saw the bowl in the table and said, ah, now it is magnificent. This is related to an element in Japanese philosophy, which I know nothing about. I'm just telling you what I read, um, called wabi-sabi, which in, in addition to the fabulous name, is the art of embracing imperfection. And I love kintsugi because it is the art of embracing damage, embracing imperfection, of highlighting the cracks rather than trying to hide them. Doesn't that sound much more relaxing? Hiding cracks is heavy work. But embracing the damage... Sounds like an interesting adventure. I'm not sure what it would mean. It would have taken me more than a week to write that sermon. I think um, families have cracks in them. Individuals have cracks. Cities have cracks in them. Churches have cracks. Denominations have cracks. This church had some damage. Um, Before I got here, the minister was dismissed. It caused damage in the church. Uh, People worried that they shouldn't talk about it. But I encourage people to talk because there were people on either side. People saying, oh, this is done wrong. Oh, this needed to be done. And people fighting with each other. um, Definitely making cracks in the community. But this congregation did something wonderful and that they called in one of the most famous church healers that there is named Peter Steinke. And he came and listened to people on either side of the conflict. And he gave a plan for moving forward, which this congregation actually followed. (laughs) He was quite surprised. And the congregation did lots and lots of difficult work for the next two years before they called their next minister, who was me. And (laughs) people said, you're crazy for going to that congregation. 
And I um, didn't think so. Because I had watched, because y'all put everything on the website. I had watched you do the work. And I trusted you all to know what you were doing. And it's worked out pretty well so far. So far, so good, huh? I'm in my seventh year. Um, I think that is a way to repair cracks with gold. To learn, to plan, to determine to do things differently next time. This city has cracks in it. Um, You move to town and you think, why are all the people who live near me white? It's not what South Carolina's like. And then you learn, after you do some digging, uh, all the black and brown people live on the east side of 35, and all the white and Asian people live on the west side of 35. How did that happen? Do you think maybe the garden dirt was better on the east side? No, that's not how it happened. We'll talk about how it happened, but it was on purpose. On purpose. There are cracks in this town and people are trying to own them and lift them up and repair them. There are cracks in this denomination. Oh, mi gente. The Unitarians are um, in the similar groups now with Black Lives Matter as they were with abolition back in the early 1800s. Um, There was a Unitarian president at the time named Millard Fillmore. There were people who really wanted to keep the union together and were willing to keep the union at the expense of the enslaved men and women in the South. There were Unitarian ministers who argued for slavery. James, uh, Charles Farley in Richmond and Theodore Clapp in New Orleans. Daniel Webster and a few other prominent ministers in the North had been early supporters of the idea that free blacks should be sent back to Africa. Unitarians, my darlings. Others judged the discussion divisive and out of place in a free religious movement. Have you heard that recently? (laughs) Divisive and out of place. We don't need to be talking about this in church. I come to church to be cradled and rocked. Some, like Ezra Stiles Gannett, were as passionate in their desire to preserve the union as the abolitionists were in their efforts to end enslavement. Along with William Lloyd Garrison, the ones who were more passionate about the Union formed the leadership of the Massachusetts Anti-Slavery Society. Even among the abolitionists, there were divisions. Can you imagine that? In a political and social movement, people were fighting? Always. Always. It doesn't mean you're doing something wrong. It just means you're trying to do something. There were abolitionists who wanted to, you know, be moderate and have gradual ending of enslavement. 
And then there were abolitionists like Theodore Parker, a Unitarian minister, who were so passionate that they rose up armed to try to prevent the return of an enslaved man named Anthony Burns under the Fugitive Slave Law. The Fugitive Slave Law was a compromise, a compromise made, I have to imagine, by people of goodwill imprisoned by their culture um, as a compromise to keep the union together, which said that people in the North would were, according to the law, supposed to help capture escaped enslaved men and women and return them to the South. Now, some Unitarians, like Theodore Parker, rose up against that, and others said, well, that's a reasonable compromise. We would like to believe that our liberal denomination has been wonderful about abolition. Mm, not so much. We were mixed. Mixed. The abolitionists in our denomination, working alongside African-American abolitionists and suffragists, uh, spread the good news of liberal free religion to those African-Americans, and many of them joined uh, Unitarian congregations but had a hard time watching the silence of so many ministers and had a hard time watching the compromises and the moderations and the people who were called traitors by the radicals because they were trying to be moderate and not get fired by their congregations. It, it was a struggle. Then... The Secret Six, which consisted of two Unitarian ministers, Theodore Parker and uh, another guy whose name I can't remember right now, um, Hagenbottom, uh, something like that. Um, Kaya would know, but she's in the other room. Um, they, along with four richer people, secretly funded John Brown's raid on Harper's Ferry. Did they know the bloodshed was going to happen? Some people would like to say, no, they didn't. We don't know, but Theodore Parker had made his peace with ending enslavement through violence. What a swirl it was of people disagreeing, people on all sides, like today, as many congregations discuss and discuss about even whether to hang a Black Lives Matter banner. This information is in a book by Mark Morrison-Reed, an African-American Unitarian minister, Unitarian Universalist minister. It's called Darkening the Doorways. Um, I'm going to tell you some more stories from it. He gives us stories of many African-American Unitarians from early on, whose stories, like my story of being a minister, have been just politely ignored uh, that's the absolute best way to describe it. I mean, the absolute kindest way to describe it, I'll say, not the truest. But I think the Unitarians have been um, uncomfortable with the disruption in a smooth narrative. 
that would happen if we told the truer stories of how we have treated those among us who are people of color. Individuals have cracks. Everybody over a certain age has cracks in their heart. Even kids get cracks in their heart. You have relationships that are difficult. You have parents who are difficult or kids who are difficult. You have kids who are struggling. You have sisters and brothers who are addicts. You have people that you can't figure out how to help. It's very heartbreaking, the things that happen in our lives. How do we as individuals resist fixing the cracks as invisibly as we can? How in the world do we mix the glue with gold so that people can see the cracks in our hearts? Let us try to love our scars. Let us try to own our mistakes. Let us try to own our histories. Let us try to gather what is valuable from the things that have happened to us and, yes, the things we have done. Let us gather what is valuable and let us change ourselves as we can and let us forgive ourselves and others and let us move on with the optimism that it takes to go forward. Let us say together the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. The benediction is from a song by Julie Miller called Broken Things. You can have my heart If you don't mind broken things You can have my life If you don't mind these tears I hear you make old things new So I'll give the pieces all to you If you want it, you can have my heart. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.